and welcome to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist, and we're going to be discussing some of the hottest, controversial, and in many cases considered taboo topics. We cover every issue you've ever considered, and several you haven't even thought of, from the unique perspective of a conservative atheist. Enjoy! And welcome back to the Conservative Atheist Podcast. I'm your host, the Conservative Atheist. And today, today's topic is going to be the three major university presidents being questioned in front of Congress and unable to say that the call for the genocide of the Israeli Jews and Jews all over the world uh, is against their code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment. Now, I think it's a, you know, a no-brainer that obviously it should be against the code of conduct. Now, of course, they say, well, we're, we're big proponents of free speech, and uh, you know, we, it's against the U.S. Constitution, you know, the First Amendment. Um, the, the code of conduct on a university campus, especially a private university campus, uh, that doesn't receive money from the government, those, those, uh, that code of conduct has absolutely nothing to do with the First Amendment. And that's been demonstrated time and time again when they shut down conservative speakers. When, when they allow conservative speakers to be shut down by protests and rioting from their student body without any consequences to the students. That's why the students do what they do. There's no, there's no consequences. So the idea that they're so adamant about standing up for freedom of speech, that they're willing to let people be harassed and bullied and, the, and call for genocide is absolutely bullshit. It's absolutely bullshit. Um, it's just an excuse. You never cared about free speech in the past, but all of a sudden you're you're with the biggest proponent of free speech in the entire country. Uh, complete, complete, and utter nonsense. Uh, and these people need to be fired. I, I think they're going to be if they haven't already been. I know there's been calls for their resignations. Um, I know that one of the main donors, I forget from which university, one of the main donors decided to take back his $100,000 that he was donating to the university because of this. Uh, both Democrat and uh, Republican politicians have called for the resignation of these uh, presidents, these university presidents. And so a couple of them have already uh, apologized. Uh, one more adamant than the other. The other was like a half... half uh, baked apology in text, two text messages. The other one actually made a video, made an effort. I don't think it's going to save either one of them, and nor should it. Okay, let's start out with the first clip. Thank you. Ms. Stefanik, you're recognized for five minutes. Dr. Gay, a Harvard student calling for the mass murder of African Americans is not protected free speech at Harvard, correct? Our commitment to it's free speech... It's a yes speech. or no question. Is that corrected? Is that... Okay for students to call for the mass murder of African Americans at Harvard? Is that protected free speech? Our commitment to free speech. It's a yes extends. or no question. Let me ask you this. You are president of Harvard, so I assume you're familiar with the term intifada, correct? 
I've heard that term, yes. And you understand that the use of the term intifada in the context of the Israeli-Arab conflict is indeed a call for violent armed resistance against the state of Israel, including violence against civilians and the genocide of Jews. Are you aware of that? That type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent to me. And there have been multiple marches at Harvard with students. Yeah, that wasn't the question. The question wasn't whether you were offended or not. The question was, does it go against the, the Harvard code of conduct when it comes to harassment and bullying? Chanting, quote, there is only one solution, intifada revolution, and quote, globalize the intifada. Is that correct? I've Globalizing the intifada means kill all Jews all over the planet. That's what they're saying. And yet this university professor can't condemn it. Heard that. Not, not, not on behalf of the school. Uh, she just gives a half-hearted... Uh, it bothers her. It's abhorrent to her, which is which is just a bullshit dodge. She doesn't seem like it bothers her. Thoughtless, reckless, and hateful language on our campus. Yes. So based upon your testimony, you understand that this call for intifada is to commit genocide against the Jewish people in Israel and globally, correct? I will say again, that type of hateful speech is personally abhorrent Not to the me. question. Do you believe that type of hateful speech is contrary to Harvard's code of conduct, or is it allowed at Harvard? It is at odds with the values of Harvard. Can you but not say here that it is also... against the code of conduct at Harvard? Well, what a coward. We embrace a commitment to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful. It's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment. Does that speech not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the? What do you mean when it comes to, when when it turns into conduct? Uh, first of all, it's already turned into conduct through people being uh, trapped in in uh, areas where they can't get out, told not to come to school because that's uh, you know going to be a day of violence. But even if it hadn't. Uh, harassment, bullying, and intimidation, that's not physical. And the side of Jews and the elimination of Israel. When you testify that you understand that is the def definition of intifada. This bitch has to go. Is that speech according to the code of conduct or not? This bitch has to go. We embrace a commitment to free expression and give a wide berth to free expression, even of views that are objectionable, you and I both know that's not the case. You were aware that Harvard ranked dead last when it came to free speech. Are you not aware of exactly. that report? Exactly. As I observed earlier, I reject that characterization. It's the data shows it's true. And isn't it true that Harvard previously rescinded multiple offers of admissions for applicants and accepted freshmen for sharing offensive memes, uh, racist statements, sometimes as young as 16 years old? Did Harvard not rescind those offers of admission? Uh-oh. That long predates Hypocrite. my time as president. But you understand that Harvard made that decision to rescind those offers of admission. Hypocrite. I have no reason to contradict the facts as you present them. Correct, here. because it's a fact. You're also aware that a Winthrop House faculty dean was let go over, he, over who he chose to legally represent, correct? That was while you were dean. Uh-oh. That is an incorrect characterization of what transpired. What's the characterization? 
I'm not going to get into details about a personnel matter. Well, let me ask you this. Will admissions offers be rescinded or any disciplinary action be taken against students or applicants who say from the river to the sea or intifada advocating for the murder of Jews? Answer the question. As I've said, that type of hateful, reckless, offensive speech is personally abhorrent to me. That's not and the today, question. Then, no action will be taken. What action will be taken? When speech crosses into conduct no. that violates our policies. That's not what bullying, harassment, bullying, intimidation is. Harassment or intimidation. We take action and we have robust Liar. disciplinary processes that allow us to hold individuals accountable. What Liar. action has been taken against students who are harassing and calling for the genocide of Jews on Harvard's campus? Nothing. I can assure you we have robust. What actions have been taken? I'm not asking. Underway. I, I'm asking what actions have been taken against given, those students? None. Given students' rights to privacy and our obligations under FERPA, I will not say more about any specific cases other than shit. to reiterate that processes are ongoing. Do you know what the number one hate crime in America is? I know that over the last couple of months, there's been an alarming rise of anti-Semitism, which I understand is the critical topic that we are here to discuss. That's correct. It is anti-Jewish hate crimes. And Harvard ranks the lowest when it comes to protecting Jewish students. Of course. This is why I've called for your resignation. And your testimony today, not being able to answer with more clarity, speaks volumes. I yield back. Amen. Absolutely. She couldn't give a straight answer to save her life. She didn't want to give a straight answer. She's a lying piece of shit. And I, I truly hope she gets fired and can't find another job. She needs to be on the unemployment line. And everybody needs to shun her and shame her that knows her or that sees her on the street. She is a piece of shit for allowing people to call for the genocide of anybody. And if you don't agree with that, then fuck you. Don't listen to my goddamn show anymore if you don't like it. If you don't like what I have to say, you, you, especially on this topic, you're welcome to stop listening. Or you're welcome to come on the show and, and challenge me on it. That'd be even better. But most people that, that believe in this kind of stuff don't have the nerve. There's a guy on, uh, I'm not going to say his, I'm not even going to say his his, uh, his chat name. But there's a guy on, uh, oh, uh, Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And he debated me on, on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict and um, in text. I, I offered for him to come on the show and uh, debate me in voice. He wouldn't do it. Um, and then he said that's because I said he was being anti-Semitic. Uh, and uh, the, the problem is, is there's been other arguments. We, we've had other uh, debates on other issues. And every single time I, I say, well, come on the show and let's debate. And he always find, comes up with a, a some kind of half-baked excuse not to come on. So at least people that believe in horrible things, at least some of them have the guts to come on. Not many, but some. Uh, but most don't. And I think that shows a lot about their character. I'm sorry. Uh, but it does. I, I just, I'm stating it the way I see it. Uh, and, you know, it is what it is. All right, here's the next clip. Dr. Cornbluth. Does M at MI now this is where she, she this is where the same woman, the same uh, the same uh, oh uh, 
representative uh, questions the uh, the entire panel of she only that was one clip where she questioned one uh, Miss Gay from uh, Harvard. This is where she uh, questions all of the of the presidents of the of the three different uh, oh uh, universities. T does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? You've targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. Wow. This is the easiest question this to is, answer. This yes, is disgusting. This is absolutely disgusting. So is your disgusting. testimony if that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct. It can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. Wow. I'm going to give you one more opportunity. What a weasel. For the world to see what a coward. Answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? What a cowardly piece of shit. It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It Jesus does not Christ. depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Absolutely, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Unacceptable answers by cowards and weasels that can't give a straight answer. Pathetic and sad. 
All of them need to be completely fired immediately, removed from their position immediately, removed from the campus immediately. They shouldn't be in charge of anyone, whether it's a private or, or a uh, public university or college. They shouldn't be in a, in a high school. They shouldn't be in an elementary school. They shouldn't be overseeing people that have impressionable minds at all. Because apparently anybody can say anything as long as it's left-wing, as long as it's a liberal point of view. As long as it's anti-Jewish, it's okay. But if it's anti-black, if it's anti-Asian, if it's anti-Hispanic, and of course, last but not least, if it's anti-Muslim, then it's not acceptable. But if it's anti-Jewish and they're actually calling for the, the death, the slaughter, the genocide of Jews, then they're A-okay with it. They're A-okay with it because if they weren't, they would say so. And I don't, I'm not going for, um, you know, Dr. Claudine Gay, her, uh, her bullshit answer. It's personally abhorrent to her. That was never the goddamn question. And she knows it. She just didn't want to answer the question. And so that was her best job, dodge she could come up with. And at least the other woman uh, had, had, the, uh, had the guts to make a video and come on and, and, and say what she had to say in the video. Uh, Dr. Claudine Gay, she just um, put a couple of half-assed texts out trying to save her ass, but not really putting out an effort and definitely no sincerity. Okay, let's go with the next clip. But I should have been. The this is, let me, let me start back at the beginning here. Okay, this is Liz McGill, uh, University of Pennsylvania president. And uh, here we go. But I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. It's evil, plain and simple. It's the new message from Liz McGill, the president of the University of Pennsylvania. The school has been under fire for how it's dealing with anti-Semitism on campus. And McGill has faced harsh criticism for her response yesterday during a hearing on Capitol Hill on this issue. Specifically calling for the genocide. She was a weasel. Does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today, calling for the genocide of Jews. So, is depending upon the context. Let's roll it back a little bit. I want to hear that again. So the person that's uh, questioning these people is Representative Elise Stefanik depending upon the context. Earlier today, in front of Goldie in Center City, Governor Josh Shapiro didn't hold back when talking about McGill and the school. He was supporting the restaurant after pro-Palestine demonstrators targeted the Jewish-owned business Sunday. Well, McGill is, is a Democrat, but at least he's on the right side of this. He failed every step of the way to take concrete... This is uh, Governor Josh Shapiro of Pennsylvania speaking. He's a Democrat as well to make sure all students feel safe on campus. The governor now says he's waiting to see how the school's board of trustees will act. In the video, McGill says the school will initiate a serious and careful look at its policies. She also clarified her answer during the hearing. In that moment, I was focused on our university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution. Liar. Which say that speech alone is not punishable. Liar. 
liar, 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 pants on fire. But uh, at least she put out that, I think I might have smoked and said the governor was McGill. The government was Shapiro. The governor was Shapiro. Um, so that was my little flub. But uh, yeah, she's full of shit. None of these, none of these, none of these universities give a rat's ass about free speech. But all of a sudden, people are calling for the murder of Jewish people all over the world, especially in Israel, and uh, and she's okay with it. And to say that they're just criticizing Israel, uh, there was a group of uh, students chanting, "Gas the Jews, fuck the Jews, gas the Jews." Does that sound to you like uh, like they're just criticizing Israel? It doesn't to me. An another flimsy excuse for for calling for the genocide of the Jews. It's disgusting. It's 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 uh, it's absolutely it's it's nineteen thirties nineteen forties Nazi propaganda, and it's absolutely disgusting. I wonder if these people would make the same excuses for the Nazis. Absolutely disgusting. All right, let's go for the next clip. Mr. Jones, McLean is recognized. Thank you, and thank you all for being here today. I listening to listened to your opening statement, and we all talked um, so passionately about what was happening on the college campuses as it pertains to anti-Semitism is absolutely unacceptable, and I appreciate that. However, talk is cheap, and we really need action. So what I'd like to talk a little bit about today is what actual action items, not lip service, but action items have happened. So I'll start with you. President Gay, under your leadership, Harvard has done little this to condemn Hamas's brutal murder of women and children, promote Israel's right to defend itself, or protect Jewish students from harassment. For example, I'm curious, what action was taken from Harvard when a Jewish student was mobbed on your campus last month? Action, not lip service action, ma'am. So this specific incident, um, I've communicated with, I've communicated about publicly. So as you may know, that is an incident that is currently under investigation by HUPD and the FBI. Any action. And when that, and when action. that investigation. Okay, she's asking you a specific question. And again, you're talking about everything, but has there been any action taken? Is complete. So you can't we answer. I'm going to move on to my next question. Process. Do you have an action item or not as at this time? Nope. Was any action taken any action answer the goddamn question i can't share okay, more you. about um yeah, will these can. students Liar. intimidating jewish students just because they are jewish be you don't have to give specific names you could say there's been actions taken and what the actions were you don't have to be that specific you know that you're full of shit just say no from the university i'm sorry i didn't catch your question will the students who are intimidating Jewish students just because they're Jewish be expelled. You're describing conduct that sounds like it would violate our policies against bullying and intimidation and harassment. And if that is the case, so it would be addressed yes. through you. our policies. Another question. Why did you allow protesters to occupy University Hall for 24 hours? Wow. And not only were these students not punished, but two of your deans provided them, them with food and promised no disciplinary action would be taken. And that was reported by the Harvard Crimson. So one of the staff members, first of all, the, the university let them sit and, and occupy a building on campus for 24 hours. 
they brought food into them. They catered their their protest. The the uh, the uh, the um, campus staff, the university professors, catered their protest and uh, brought by bringing food in and promising the students that no action, there would be no consequences for what they were doing. No, no wonder they, they riot and they, and, they, and they protest and they do stand and they threaten and call for genocide on campus. They know that there's not going to be any consequences. They can do whatever the hell they want to do and, uh, and they're good to go no matter what they do. Yeah, this, this is a good idea. This is a good idea to teach people that you can do whatever the hell you want to do and there's no consequences in life. I can assure you that we have very strong disciplinary processes sure. and where conduct violates our policies. We- I, I do believe that they have strong disciplinary policy, uh, uh, policies. I just believe that it's targeted at the right and never the left. So did conduct violate your pro- policies during that disciplinary incident? processes underway? So is there an answer to that or not? We have disciplinary processes underway. So was any discipline action? I, I love the lip service. I do. And, and you academic, mm-hmm. I love that. I'm looking for an action item. Yes, no. Was anybody expelled? Any action item. And if we you don't hold, know, that's okay too. We hold our community to account right, I'll reclaim for our my policies. Time. Thank you. President McGill, under your tenure, swastikas have been drawn outside residence halls where Jewish students live. The, wow. the Hillel house was broken into. Jewish students urged not to wear symbols of their ethnicity. Ethnicity. Okay, it's ethnicity. <laughs> She's having an issue. All right, it's ethnicity. And uh, so Jewish students were told not to wear symbols of their Jewish faith, you know, like maybe a Star of David or a yarmulke or whatever the case may be, uh, because uh, these animals that are, that are students on campus and maybe even some outside uh, sources are, are, th- are threatening the, the safety and maybe even the lives of students, this is your response to tell the tell the Jewish students to to stop being Jewish, really, <laughs> in public. <laughs> what what the fuck? You know what what kind of uh, what kind of administrator? What kind of what kind of university is this? This is ridiculous. Authenticity, and those same students harassed when they go to collect kala for Shabbat. I will be submitting questions for the record on outbreaks of anti-Semitism at UPenn. And I look forward to your response because obviously five minutes is just way too short of an answer. But I would encourage you to give answers. We deserve answers. People deserve answers, not rhetoric, action items. It is clear that the Jewish students on all of your campuses are afraid to be themselves because you have refused to take real action. There's that word, action, against anti-Semitism. Right? A lot of rhetoric, no action. No action. I strongly encourage all of you to look at the Holocaust learning experience set up by Morris Life Health System in Florida. I agree. To teach lessons from the actual they Holocaust of course in, not. For, to students in 5th through 12th grade. This program has trained hundreds of teachers in two short years and has gone a long way to teaching students about the harm anti-Semitism has in our community. Harvard, UPenn, and MIT I think y'all could get, learn a little bit about this. With the remainder of my time, I will yield to Miss Stefanik. Miss Stefanik, who really tore into him. But uh, that's excellent. That's excellent. She's got a good point. What actions did you take? And the idea that you can't tell because, you know, that goes against the student's privacy. 
Did anybody say name a specific student? Did anybody say identify or dox a student? You don't have to. You could simply say, yeah, we're doing this with these students. We're doing that with this specific student. And, and never identify the students. But you're not because you're not doing anything. You're not doing anything. You're just talking out of your ass. And you don't plan on doing anything. And that's the whole point. That is the whole point. Otherwise, you would just answer. It's just that simple. It's like I leave the room and my watch is laying on a desk and there's somebody sitting there. And I walk back in and I say, and my watch is missing. I'm like, did you, did you take my watch? Do you see what happened to my watch? Well, why are you asking me? Uh, I refuse, uh, you know, on the ground, it, it, I refuse to answer such a question. That's, that's offensive to me. Yeah, you took the fucking watch. If I was in that situation, I'd say, I, I don't know what happened to your watch. Uh, I didn't take your watch. Or I'd say, yes, yeah, somebody came in and took the watch. I tell them who it was or give them a description or whatever the case may be. Uh, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I refuse to, you know, I'm, I refu I'm offended, so I refuse to answer the question. Okay, here's the next clip. From the testimony by three top university presidents who critics say failed to condemn anti-Semitism on their campuses during questioning by lawmakers on Capitol Hill this week. Here's ABC's senior White House correspondent, Selena Wang. At the center of America's heated debate around the Israel-Hamas war are college campuses, where Jewish students say they don't feel supported and Palestinian students say they're being ignored. Tensions at some of the world's most elite institutions making their way to Capitol Hill this week. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? Of course it does. If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. Oh, That's not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer. It's yes, not if you're a liar. It's not if you're a snake. Elise Stefanik pressing the presidents of Harvard, MIT, and UPenn with the same question. All of them giving careful responses on the tricky subject of free speech. It's not a tricky, tricky, tricky uh, question. Down. And the committee is now announcing a formal investigation into the university's conduct. Why are you calling for the resignation? Because they are unfit to lead these of institutions. Course. I am a proud alumna of Harvard. It is unfitting to have president of one of the most preeminent, if not the most preeminent higher education institution, harbor and foster anti-Semitism. Of course. Pennsylvania's... They're, they're harboring and fostering it. They're fostering it. They're making it possible. Which governor, a Democrat, urging Penn's board of trustees to discuss McGill's future. I thought her comments were absolutely shameful. This is Josh Shapiro, the uh, governor of Pennsylvania. To condemn genocide. Amid the fallout, UPenn's president issuing a video statement, walking back comments. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. Yeah, you're full of shit. Harvard's president later trying to clarify her testimony in a statement saying that calls for violence or genocide against the Jewish community or... This is Dr. Uh, this is Dr. Uh, Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard. Any religious or ethnic group are vile and have no place at Harvard. Please do your... Okay, but that still doesn't really answer the question. It's kind of dancing around the question. Job and occupation. 
Alia Khan, a graduate student at MIT, says the hearing underscores how little universities are doing to make them feel safe. They're so paralyzed by not upsetting people. And that's the problem, is that there's no student on campus who's happy. Jewish students aren't happy. Muslim students aren't happy. Meanwhile, some Palestinian students say the hearing emphasizes how congressional leaders like Stefanik misunderstand the entire Palestinian liberation movement. I think that line of questioning is really interesting that she's asking about, you know, these hypothetical genocides that Palestinians... Oh, let's go back just a second. Okay, so this is Tala Al-Faruqa. I'm, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. Obviously, she's uh, standing up for Hamas and the Palestinians. Palestinians obviously do not support when there is an actual genocide. Yeah, you, you, that's because you don't consider 1,500 people a genocide. So you're playing word games, you little piece of shit taking place against Palestinians. But Islamophobia oh. was there. <laughs> She's talking about a genocide against Palestinians. Uh, the Palestinians started out at uh, several hundred thousand, and I, now I think they're in the millions. So, yeah, I, I don't think that they, uh, I don't think they're being genocided. I don't, I don't see how that, I don't see how the num numbers line up with that. ...mentioned at the hearing. From college students to those in the workplace, I'm getting the calls. Yeah, this is representative... Rashida Talib of Michigan, uh, and she's a uh, absolute uh, piece of shit. She's a Palestinian, and she's in support of Hamas. Of people being uh, pushed to silence, being bullied, uh, some people weaponizing uh, anti-Semitism in a way to silence voices. All of that needs to stop. Leah Kayali and Tele. She was the one censured uh, in uh, Congress for uh, for saying uh, "from the river to the sea." Palestine shall be free. So she's the one that said that she was censured by her all her fellow um, representatives because it, she knows. I mean, she's been a Palestinian, a Palestinian, oh, a Palestinian her whole life. She's aware of. She's known about that saying her whole life. She knows for a fact that it's a call for the slaughter of Jews. So there's no way she's. You know, she tries to say, "Oh, that's not what I meant." Yeah, that's exactly what you meant. El Fokahat, both Harvard Law School students and Palestinian Americans say the university has ignored Muslim and Arab students. I have no hope that the administration is going to support us uh, or even, you know, try to create space for us to live normally as students and express our outrage at, about a genocide. I don't feel safe on campus, to, to put it Fears are growing, especially after three Palestinian college students were shot in Vermont. One of them, a junior at Brown University, is now paralyzed yeah. from the chest down. Kayali and al say they've been targeted and harassed. Their names and faces put on a billboard truck around campus. Websites are slandering them and job opportunities pulled. It feels like we are being collectively gaslit. University yeah, leaders job opportunities are to do more. I have sought to confront hate while preserving free expression. This is difficult work, and I know that I have not always gotten it right. But You've the never got it division right. on college campuses and in America more broadly may only grow as the war rages on. Absolute scumbags. Absolute scumbags. So you're telling me that you can you could support the Nazis? You could during World War II, you could have supported the Adolf Hitler and the Nazis? And that you wouldn't, the people wouldn't pull your uh, job opportunities away from you? Are you telling me that wouldn't happen and it should happen? Of course it should happen.
you support some a group like that, you support genocide, you should lose your opportunities for jobs. You should lose your education. You should lose everything. Everything. Some private employer does not have the obligation to hire you. They can pull your job opportunities anytime they want. You don't have to work for them, and they don't have to hire you. Absolutely. That just, comes, that just stands to reason. So, Mark, Professor Mark Lamont Hill, this absolute far-left lunatic piece of shit, lost his job with CNN, and rightly so. Why for saying the same thing that Rashida Tlaib said? So let's go into that. Let's, let's listen to that clip. Let's listen to the proof. And that is a free Palestine from the river to the sea. Thank you for your time. So the river to the sea. That means from the Jordan River, for, the, for those of you that don't know, to the uh, Mediterranean. In other words, they want everybody in Israel dead. They want the state of Israel gone and they want everybody in Israel dead. This is a call for genocide and Mark Lamont Hill repeated it. Um, and I, he, I think he's well educated. He's educated enough to know what it means. And if he's not, he should know what it means before he uses such a, such a, such a speech, such a, such a phrase. And uh, either way, he's gone from CNN, and rightly so. Rightly so. I've always thought he was a scumbag, and the only thing that he's done by doing that is confirmed how big of a scumbag he is. He's always been a low-life piece of shit, but now he's added to it. Now, now he's really shown his true colors, shown what kind of person he is. And so his ass is gone. He's no, he's no longer with CNN. And, and I hope it hinders his job opportunities as well. Anybody else that he works for or might work for in the future, I, I hope that they don't hire him based on this. But there are a lot of people that, unfortunately, that see things the way he does and uh, either won't care or will support his, uh, his, his way of thinking. Sad but true. The Western civilization is coming unraveled at the seams, absolutely coming unglued, and uh, I don't know what can happen to save it. Uh, the pendulum, pendulum has swung so far to the left that I'm hoping that it goes back to the right, and I mean hard. I hope it snaps back hard to the right. Uh, that's really the only thing I can see that would save us, and I'm not really sure how that would come about. Uh, we're already in the middle of a civil war between the, the uh, between Western civilization and uh, the left and radical Muslims. And the only difference is, is that right now we're not fighting back, but we're already under attack. It's, it's a civil war with only one side fighting. The other side needs to wake up and, and fight back. And if they don't soon, it's going to be too late. Okay, let's go to the next clip. This, uh, if you're curious what people from other countries think about this, now we're going to go to India. Uh, we're going to go to India and uh, we'll, we'll check out what, they, what she has to say. Shocker from the United States, leaders of top colleges. This is Forbes in India. Are defending... Let's, let's restart it. Let's restart that clip. United States. A shocker from the United States, leaders of top colleges are defending calls for a genocide and justifying anti-Semitism. It is so outrageous, you'd think it's fake, but it's not. Okay. So that's the first one. Let's go ahead and hear the full story. 
Here's a simple question for you. Is calling for genocide wrong? Do you think it violates normal conduct and rules? It's a no-brainer because the answer is yes. But not for those leading top American colleges, the presidents at top U.S. institutions. We're talking, we're talking about the so-called best of the best, Harvard, MIT, and University of Pennsylvania. Two of them are Ivy League colleges. The third is the gold standard on technology and science. But on human decency, all of them fail. On Tuesday, the presidents of these colleges appeared in the U.S. Congress. It was an open hearing. American lawmakers questioned them on anti-Semitism. Pretty state, straightforward, right? Just say it's wrong. Anti-Semitism is wrong. Promise to crack down and listen to the criticism. Well, you're in for a surprise. Republican lawmaker Elise Stefanik asked all three presidents a very simple question. The one that I asked you at the start. Does calling for genocide of Jews violate your college's code of conduct on bullying or harassment? Listen to the answers. Okay, so yes. Some of the clips I'm playing uh, are going to be redundant. They have they have clips. They have parts of the of things you've already heard in previous clips, but uh, it's all part of the story. At MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals, not making public statements. This is Dr. Yes no? Sally Kornbluth. Calling for the genocide of Jews does not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide of Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. That was the president of MIT. She began teaching in the 1990s. I'm sure she has set many question papers for her students. I'm sure... She also knows what a yes or no question is. Of course she does. Well, this was one of them. And the right answer was yes. Calling for genocide does violate rules on harassment. Well, of course it does. But the point is she's not going to answer the question. She refuses to answer the question. And she's given no apologies for her position. Uh, the, the other one did, uh, in a video, the other one gave a half-assed response and a couple of text messages um, in, uh, on uh, X or Twitter, however you want, whatever you want to call it. But she's done nothing, and I think she needs to go just as much as the other ones do. If it doesn't, it should. Instead, the MIT president talked about context, as if any context would make genocide acceptable. Yeah, what and context, what context uh, makes for, the for genocide? Was the president of Harvard, same question and same lack of answer. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard... Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of antisemitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it and crosses is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, no. intimidation—that is actionable conduct, and we do take action. 
That's not the definition of, of bullying, harassment, um, and intimidation. You don't have to actually get physical about it for that to happen. And you know it. You're just full of shit. And you need to go. I hate to keep repeating myself, but she's got to be fired. And she's, I, I mean, I, I wish to God we could bring criminal charges against her, but that, that would be too far. And obviously I'm just passionate about this, and I don't really mean that. I, I just want her out of, out of her job. I want her out of uh, the university setting. Um, really, we need to make a clean sweep of, uni of the university. So the answer is yes, that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Ask her. I'm not going to ask her. Are you an alum here? To give you some context, Harvard is currently being investigated by the U.S. Department of Education. Why? Because of rising anti-Semitism. Let me tell you how bad it is. After the Hamas attack on October 7th, Harvard students wrote a letter, around 30, 34 of them. They wrote a letter, 34 students. And guess who they blamed for the attack? Israel. The students made no mention of Hamas. Instead, they blamed Israel's past actions. So Israel is at fault for people going in and murdering men, women, and children, uh, raping women in front of their families, then murdering them or taking them hostage, gang raping them uh, to where there's blood all over the back of their pants. Uh, I'm sorry to be so graphic, but literally blood all over the back of their pants uh, from being gang raped. Uh, babies being put into ovens, uh, babies being beheaded. Uh, you know, entire families laying on the floor of a small bedroom. I saw the one video from the one Hamas um, fighter, uh, terrorist, and he machine gunned the entire entire group of people on the floor. And then he waited a second and machine gunned them again. And uh, he was videotaping the whole thing because he was proud. Then, of course, there's the phone call from one of the Hamas attackers to his father bragging about how he had killed 10 Jews. He didn't say Israelis, he said Jews, because this whole it's just against the Israelis stuff is absolute nonsense. It's anti-Semitic, it's Jew hatred, and everybody goddamn well knows it, unless you're a fucking fool. Okay, let's continue. The attack tells you how bad things are. And finally, it was a third college president's turn from the University of Pennsylvania. Same question, listen to the answer. Liz McGill. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate this is the woman that made the video. rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. No, that's conduct not the definition. committing the act of genocide? Exactly, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Long-winding answers, that too, for a simple question. It tells you what the problem is. 
a rot in the leadership. Teachers at U.S. colleges have been far from neutral. I'll tell you about two instances. One at Yale, the other at Stanford. In Stanford, a professor pulled up Jewish students. He made them stand in a corner. He then said, this is what Israel does to Palestine. He also called an Israeli student a colonizer. Wow. In Yale, things went one step further. And you know, these people probably still have their jobs. Oh no, it says radical Yale professor faces calls to be fired over comments on Hamas attacks. Yeah, but was he fired? Was he fired? And the answer, I'm sure, is no. A professor said, settlers are not civilians, so I guess their lives do not matter. Yeah, that's exactly what it means. He means he supports the, the, the murder of all those innocent men, women, and children. And Yale's response was even worse. They called it freedom of expression. So faculty is clearly part of the problem here. And beyond that, maybe foreign funding. A report came out recently, it talks about Gulf money, coming into American colleges, specifically from Qatar. It began after the 9-11 attacks in 2001. Since wow. then, Qatar has given $4.7 billion to American colleges. That's around... They're not giving any of that for, for uh, just for the hell of it. They, they want influence. They want power. $200 million every year. And with money comes influence. Exactly. In 2020, a Jewish group tried to study this influence to see how Qatari money is affecting American colleges. Do you know what they found? Wherever Qatar pumped in money, one group was actively present. SJP, that's the Students for Justice in Palestine. Of course, of course. You, people like this, these, these radical um, terrorists they, they, and these, these, these fanatical governments, these societies, they don't give money, especially to a, an American university, and they they despise America. They don't give money to the universities simply uh, out of the goodness of their heart. They do it because they want influence in America. They want influence over over America's youth, and sadly, sadly, it's it's actually working. They've been holding rallies across American colleges. Some of them have glorified Hamas. So could there be a link between foreign funding yes. and anti-Semitism? It's hard of to course. rule out. After all, Qatar is the biggest supporter of Hamas. And whatever the reason for anti-Semitism, action is needed. Because colleges are supposed to be safe spaces. Oh, but places they're not. of discussion, not discrimination. But right now, Jewish students do not feel safe. Of course they don't. Here's what a poll found. Around 73% of Jewish students have experienced anti-Semitism this year, 73% this year. Things have only gotten worse after the October 7th attack. Before the attack, 65% of them felt welcomed at their college. After the attack, just 44% felt that way, welcomed at... I, I, I can't believe that 44% feel safe and welcomed. ...their college. Same with physical safety. Before the attack, 67% Jewish students felt safe. Now, only 46%. And we don't blame them. You have college presidents ignoring calls for genocide in the U.S. Congress. Right. If this is not anti-Semitism, if this is not moral bankruptcy, I don't know what it. Of course. Well, she. Oh, sorry, they, it cut off. But she was saying, if this is an anti-Semitism, I don't know what it is. Of course, it's anti-Semitism. Of course, it is. When that man called back to his father, when that when that uh, man, when that uh, terrorist scumbag, that animal called back to his father to brag about how he had killed 10 Jews. He didn't say Israelis again, he said Jews. When, when they say worldwide anti, anti, anti-fada, 
they're talking about they don't want to just kill Jews in Israel. They want to kill Jews worldwide. I mean, how is that not Jew hatred? How is that not scumbag stuff? How is that not, you know, them being absolute low-life scum animals, barbarians that need to be beat down and, and, and put down like a, like a rabid dog? I, I can't see how anybody could see it any other way. Let's go to another clip from India. Oh, the US before we start this, th we're going to take a little side break. This is about this. This next clip is a little off topic. It's a, it's about the um, America allowing uh, the you know allowing and uh, protecting terrorists inside our own border because they're not threatening us. They're threatening uh, other countries like India. So even though they're th even though they're threatening India, one of our allies. The, the U.S. does nothing, and not only do they do nothing to stop him, they, they take steps to protect him because, uh, you know, he's, a, he's only a terrorist that's, that's co committed uh, atro atrocities against India and, and wants to in the future. So this is a little bit of offshoot, but it, it, it's all generally connected. So let's hear more about this. The U.S. is... Not just ignoring anti-Semitism, it is also ignoring anti-India campaigns. Once again, from this man, Gurpatwan Singh Pannu, a.k.a. America's favorite Khalistani. This time, he is threatening to attack the Indian parliament. And he's also given a date for it, December 13th. It's the anniversary of the 2000, 2001 parliament attack in India. Pannu is threatening a repeat. He's released a new video. It features the 2001 attack convict, Afzal Guru. Of in this video... Pannu says two things. One, he accuses the Indian Prime Minister of trying to kill him. And two, he talks about shaking the Indian Parliament's foundations. Indian officials are taking this very seriously. The Delhi police is on high alert. Extra security will now be deployed in the city. As you know, the Parliament's winter session began this week. It will continue until the 22nd of December. So until then, security officials will be on their toes. They better be. Of course, Pannu has done this before. Last month, he threatened to bomb Air India flights. He said the airline will not be allowed to operate anywhere in the world. So we have, we have a, a terrorist, and he's threatening to bomb Indian uh, airline flights, uh, Air India. And our U.S. government doesn't do anything? I said we, 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 we turn him over to the Indian government. So that's two... Th aren't, aren't terroristic threats uh, a crime? Threats in one month. First, against Air India. The second, against India's parliament. And what is the U.S. government doing about Nothing. it? Nothing. We ask because Pannu is Nothing. a U.S. citizen. He lives in the U.S., he works in the U.S., and he threatens India from the U.S., so what is Washington doing about it? Absolutely nothing. nothing. Exactly. Instead of taking action against him, they're protecting him. And I mean it quite literally. The U.S. recently accused an Indian national of trying to kill Gurpatwan Singh Pannu. They also say an Indian government officer was involved in this plot. Good. New Delhi calls it a matter of concern. It has also started a high-level investigation. Yeah. So to recap, the U.S. accused India of something. India started investigating. That's what responsible countries do. But when will the U.S. start to investigate? Never. Never, because we, we've decided that, that, uh, that the, decent, the, the, the good guy is the bad guy, and the bad guy is the good guy. That's what we've decided. 
we've made that you know our government and which is ran by the left right now and the leftists in, in this country and all over western civilization has decided western civilization and their allies are bad and our enemies that want to destroy us are good and so of course they're not going to do anything they're not going to investigate anything they're not going to they're not going to hold this guy accountable um i'd like to be proven wrong but i just don't think it's going to happen pannu is a designated terrorist by india his organization seeks for justice is banned here in india there are more than a dozen cases against him three of them for of sedition course. and indian officials have plenty of dirt on him turn him over on social media funding anti india campaigns if you feel suspicious about a person okay pardon me anyone and of course the video messages and threats but how many investigations has the us done none zero they're more interested in shielding him this week america's deputy national security advisor visited india his name is john finer he had multiple meetings in new delhi with foreign minister s jay shankar with national security advisor ajit doval and his deputy vikram misri as expected he raised the pannu assassination plot he said it's important to hold people accountable But unlike Canada, the U.S. is not pushing India. They're waiting for India's investigation to conclude. So absolutely. So they they they're put they're, they're waiting for India to conclude their investigation, but they're new, doing no investigation on a man who's made terrorist threats uh, against India. Turn the man over to India. The Secretary of State has raised this directly with his foreign counterpart that we take this issue very seriously. Yeah. They told us they would conduct an investigation. They have publicly announced an investigation, and now we'll wait to see the results of the investigation. But it's something we take very seriously. The double standard is obvious. Imagine if the situation was flipped. What if someone in West Asia or Africa threatened to attack the U.S. Congress or American flights? You know what would happen? Or threatened to break the U.S. apart? What would be Joe Biden's response? The drones would be taking off in no time. They would. I don't know. Joe Joe Biden is a is senile old pussy. I don't. I, I'm not sure that's the case with him, with with the with with uh, Donald Trump, um, you know, and George W. Bush, and maybe even with uh, Barack Obama. Yes, but with Joe Biden, uh, it's iffy. I'm a country over something like this, but for Pannu, it's the red carpet. It's political and judicial protection. Yep, that's a fact. Political and judicial protection uh, for a man who's threatening terrorist attacks on India. Uh, and again, aren't terrorist attacks aren't aren't terror aren't uh, 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 terrorist threats? Isn't that a a criminal offense? I believe it is, but apparently our government has decided to allow this criminal to stay in our country and not face justice in India. Absolutely disgusting. Okay, here's the next clip. China is making a power move in Afghanistan. Okay, so this is China. China's China's making a move in in uh, Afghanistan. And uh this is all part of the same theme. Two days back, Beijing welcomed this man. His name is Bilal Karimi. He is a former spokesperson of the Taliban regime and now he has a new assignment. Karimi is Taliban's ambassador to China. That's him with the Chinese diplomat. There was a ceremony of sorts a few days back. 
where Bilal Karimi presented his credentials. The Taliban says it is upgrading ties with China, taking steps towards formal recognition. Does this make China the first country to officially recognize the Taliban regime in Afghanistan? Well, Beijing is choosing its words carefully. China always believes that Afghanistan should not be excluded from the international community. At the same time, we expect Afghanistan to further respond to the expectations of the international community. Yeah, they won't. They're a terrorist state. How can, how can you possibly believe that they're going to uh, behave like the rest of the international community? That they're going to behave in a civilized manner? That they're going to follow the rules? They're a terrorist state. China did not say it, but ask any diplomat, and this is what they'll tell you. Accepting a diplomat's credentials is as good as formal recognition. Yep. But what's in it for China? Why would they're, they're recognizing a terrorist state as being legitimate. They do it. Like I said, it's a power move, a strategic investment. Let me explain this. Earlier, China said it won't interfere in Afghanistan. This country is called the graveyard of empires for a reason. But now Beijing is changing its approach. In September, China sent an ambassador to Kabul, and now the Taliban have an ambassador in Beijing. All signs point to one direction. Wow. Formal recognition of the Taliban regime. Yep. China is laying the... This is like having formal recognition of a Nazi regime. It's, it's, beyond, it's beyond the pale. Groundwork for it. It recognizes the new reality. The Taliban rule... Afghanistan, whether the world likes it or not. So if you want to have anything to do with Afghanistan, you will have to deal with the Taliban. And it seems China is prepared to do that now. To become the first country to recognize the Taliban regime, they're the first to have welcomed the Taliban ambassador. Not even Pakistan has done it. Although some countries do have diplomatic missions controlled by the Taliban. There are 14 such missions in countries like Iran, Turkey, Pakistan, Kazakhstan, and some Arab and African nations. But none of them have a Taliban ambassador. The heads of these missions are called chargé d'affaires. This is a French term. It means charged with business. And this is the lowest rank of diplomatic representation. Right. A chargé steps in when the ambassador is away or their appointment is awaited. Basically, they fill in for the ambassador. Now, these titles also have symbolic significance. Recognizing an ambassador means acknowledging a government's authority. Yep. And that's what China is doing with Kabul, accepting that the Taliban controls Afghanistan. Yeah, they're accepting the, uh, the terrorist government, the Taliban, as being the, the legitimate government of, of uh, Afghanistan. But why do it now? Because China, too, is chasing some sort of recognition, not for its diplomats so much, but its interests. And what are China's interests in Afghanistan? Economic and strategic. Afghanistan is rich in natural resources, including oil reserves and valuable minerals like lithium and copper, and China wants access to them. It is already making big investments. In January this year, it signed a deal with Kabul to explore and develop oil reserves. The deal is worth $450 million. In April, China signed another deal for Afghanistan's lithium reserves. Right. Do you know how much it's China economic. is willing to pay for that? A whopping $10 billion. $10 billion. China also secured access to copper reserves. This was in the year 2007. Beijing signed an agreement to mine copper in Afghanistan. It was a $3 billion contract. Wow. But the venture hit a dead end due to war. Now... Is there a chance to revive it? 
and the Taliban would be happy to facilitate. Of course they, they would. They also want to join China's Belt and Road project. Listen to this. Sorry. Need to fast forward just a little bit. Show your daughter. Nope. China to allow us to be a part of the China-Pakistan Economic Corridor and the Belt and Road Initiative and the path that joins us through Tajikistan. The Taliban now have an ambassador in China, expect him to bring this up again. So there is significant money at stake and as always, conditions apply. Chinese investments come with strings attached. Of course they have they do. deeper ambitions in Afghanistan and this goes way beyond natural resources. China has been trying to secure a military foothold. Before the Taliban's takeover, Beijing helped Kabul build a military base. It funded a mountain security force. It was based in Afghanistan's Badakhshan province. And in the past, locals have seen Chinese soldiers patrolling inside Afghanistan. Exactly. Expect China to ramp up these operations now. Their investments can open yeah. doors to more military engagements. They're, they would like to put and bases in, 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 in the Afghanistan, I'm sure. It tried to buy stability in Afghanistan. The plan backfired Doesn't work. rather horribly. And now we have the Chinese there. Xi Jinping claims to be a student of history. He doesn't seem to have read Afghanistan carefully. Absolutely not. He's not. He's, apparently he, he didn't learn from Russia's mistake. He didn't learn from the United States' mistake. Now, these people are fools. Okay, let's, you know, unfortunately what China's doing, China's doing two things. They want, you know, they want an economic foothold inside the Middle East, and they want to, uh, they they want military bases and military allies, more military allies, in the Middle East, and they see this as an opportunity, uh, and of course, America is standing around with their thumbs up their asses, with with no plan of their own. If they do have a plan, I'd like to hear what it is. I'd like to see some action. Okay, let's go to the next clip. to the sea. But what does it really mean? Those hearing this for the first time probably don't know that this is a call to action against Jews. It calls for the establishment of a state of Palestine, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, erasing the state of Israel. You heard that right. This isn't a message of peace. It's a call for the end of the world's only Jewish state and its people. That's how this phrase is anti-Semitic, and that's why it's so hateful. And by the way, it's also the opposite of a two-state solution to the conflict. It's been used for decades as a rallying cry for anti-Israel activists and terrorist groups like Hamas. Now, despite its hateful message, we are seeing this all around the world. Exactly. Especially during Hamas's terror assault on Israel. Yeah, and, and all over our U.S. campuses and all over uh, all over Europe. It'd be bad enough if it was all over the Middle East. That would that would make sense actually, because they hate Jewish people, they hate Israelis, but. This is happening in Western civilization, and it's happening in the United States. It's un it's unfucking believable. Um, I, I never thought I would see this again. I, I I didn't see it the first time. I was my father was born after World War II, um, but I I you know I never thought that this could ever happen again, and it's 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 definitely happening. It's definitely happening. Nobody learned any lessons from World War II. That's very sad. On college campuses. 
In Germany, where calls for the elimination of Israel are banned, Minet soccer clubs suspended their player on Wal Ghazi over a post accusing Israel of genocide and ending with this phrase. In Austria, where police banned a pro-Palestinian protest for using the phrase and characterizing it as a call to violence. So, let's be clear. Advocating for Palestinian statehood is not anti-Semitic. No. But calling for the elimination of the Jewish state, that is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Of course, you know, saying you want the elimination of the, of the uh, Israeli uh, country, the Israeli state, is a call for genocide. Uh, there's even been people that have said they wish that all um, Jews all over the world would, would gather in Israel so they could kill them all at the same time and not hunt them down around the world. How can that, how can, how can that be anything but anti-Semitic? How can that be anything but Jew hatred? They hate Jews. Why can't they just be honest about it? Why do they have to lie? There are some that are honest about it, but most of them lie. Most of them deny this. And I just want to play that so that you could hear somebody um, who's obviously very intelligent and well-educated explain exactly what from the river to the sea means. Instead of people saying, oh, it means that, you know, we want everybody to be free. We don't mean anything bad. Okay, next clip. Um, that I want to ask you about, um, Julie, this post from Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib. It's getting some backlash amongst... Yeah, this is about uh, uh, Rashida Tlaib. Uh, the only Palestinian um, oh, uh, congresswoman and uh, her from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free. Uh, you know, and now she's this is talking about how she might be censured. Uh, spoiler alert, she is. Um, fellow Democrats, walk us through it. Well, Rashida Tlaib is not only one of three Muslim uh, members of Congress, she's also the only Palestinian-American uh, member of Congress. And when we've had these moments, these uh, moments of fighting, not only between Israel and Palestine. This is in MSNBC, by the way. Or Hamas or any of these conflicts in the region, we've often heard Republicans criticize her for her position. She's always yep. been unapologetically pro-Palestine. She's criticized the Israeli government. She did, however, over the weekend uh, post on X criticizing the president's response, uh, saying that he was uh, enforcing or, or backing essentially Israeli genocide of Palestinians. She also tweeted a common slogan we've been hearing from the river to the sea: "Palestine would be free." Defending that slogan, we. Prompt. Yep, calling for one of the members of our own government, uh, calling for uh, the genocide of, of the Jewish people. We heard uh, some backlash from some Democrats in this case, Jewish Democrats, including Florida Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz, including uh, the Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel of the state where Rashida Tlaib herself is from. This is all relevant. Why? Because we are again seeing another censure attempt coming from Congresswoman uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, a Republican yep. of Georgia. Good. That first attempt to censure Tlaib for what uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, says are anti-Semitic comments did not work. It failed with a bipartisan majority. Last week in the House, but once again, uh, Green said she will uh, again attempt another censure resolution against Talib. Uh, I'm curious to see if any of these Jewish Democrats would potentially join that effort this time around. It's certainly a live ball in the House, and, and certainly tensions are rising when it comes to this oh, issue. Oh, it's a live ball, and guess what's going to happen? Here's the vote right here. On this vote, the yeas are 234 
And the nays are 188, with four answering present. The resolution is adopted. Yep. Excellent. Without objection, the motion to reconsider is laid on the table. That's the end of it. She was censured. Um, it's it's uh, it doesn't sound like much, but it actually means that uh, you know she's been uh, slapped on the wrist and uh, told she was a bad girl. Personally, I think she it should she should be out of the uh, Congress. Anybody that calls for the genocide of an entire country, of an entire people, shouldn't be part of our government. That should be that should be a uh, you know that that should they should be removed from Congress. I mean, you have people that make up stupid shit that recently got booted out of Congress, but she's not going to get booted out of Congress. She should be. She should be booted out of Congress, not just not just censured. She threw a, a crying hissy fit for getting censured, and of course she was backed up by the rest of the dingbats they call the squad. But she, she at a minimal need censured. She really needed kicked out of Congress, and they could have, I'm sure, but apparently they're not going to. So I, I really don't know what it takes. If calling for the genocide of an entire people, uh, and, and, you know, worldwide and and in Israel, if, they, if calling for the the genocide of the Jewish people isn't worth being thrown out of Congress, I don't know what is. I really don't know what is. The standards seem to be all over the map. So what are we going to do? Is, 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 you know, is there any chance that they're going to be thrown out for the, the, their behavior? I don't think so. I think, I think secretly they're being condoned, which is sad. It's, it's another, another sign of the collapse of Western civilization. I've changed my mind on the, on the title of, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what the title of this, of this podcast is going to be, but, um, the Western civilization, the U.S. and Western civilization, have uh, capitulated to the um, Islamic terrorists. And I'm, I'm just not sure that anything can change. I really, I'm really not. I think we might be too far gone. I hope not. I truly hope not. But I'm, I'm very disheartened. I never thought I would see this day. But here it is. Every time I think it's as bad as it can get, it gets, it gets a thousand times worse. And, uh, of course, the left and, uh, you know, the Islamic terrorists are fighting for the complete destruction of not just Israel, but, and not just the United States, but of Western civilization in general. And if we sit around and let this happen, then we deserve what we get. But fight, fight, fight to change this. Fight to change the trajectory of, of our civilization and specifically the United States. F fight like hell to save our, save our society, save our country. If you don't, then you know what's going to happen. You know what's going to happen. It's happened in the past to other great civilizations. Where are the Romans at? Gone. You know, where, where the, where the, uh, where, where's the Ottoman Turk Empire? Gone. So many different empires rose up just to eventually collapse, sometimes under their own weight. And we haven't even been around that long. Well, Western civilization has been around a very long time. But the United States, the greatest country on the planet, has, hasn't been around that long. 
And why do I say we're the greatest country in the United States? Well, if you don't know the answer to that, I mean, I'll just say free speech. I'll say the Second Amendment where, where citizens have the right to defend their own lives and the lives of their family and friends and even strangers. Uh, I'll, I'll mention those two things. I'm not going to give you the, the whole litany. But uh, those two things are enough by themselves. All right, folks. I mean, I'm, I don't even know what to say anymore. I really don't. I 100% support Israel. Uh, I think the Israelis actually should drive uh, the Palestinians into... Um, into the uh, Sinai Peninsula, uh, make it the problem of the uh, of the the Egyptians, and uh, either drive the uh, Palestinians in the West Bank over into uh, Jordan, or up into Syria, or even uh, even to the north. I think it's I think they have to do something. And uh, now, of course, the the Palestinians, Hamas, is not the only threat they have to worry about. They also have to worry about Hezbollah. Hezbollah in the north could definitely cause some serious damage. Probably a lot more damage than, uh, than Hamas. Of course, if they do, they'd be completely destroyed, just like I hope Hamas is going to be completely destroyed. If they don't completely destroy Hamas, then this is going to happen again and again and again. As the head of Hamas said that he hopes happens, that he wants it to happen, that he's going to make it happen. That he's going to, you know, the attack on uh, oh, uh, October 7th is just going to be the first of many. So that's out of the horse's mouth. So you can't let these people continue to control anything. Sadly, most Palestinians support Hamas. And that's just a fact. Most Germans supported the Nazis. And that's just a fact. And it's even worse because most of, the, most of the German civilians knew about the concentration camps. They knew about the, treatment, the ill treatment of the Jews in, in, in Nazi Germany. But they didn't know about the death camps. They didn't know about the final solution. Whereas when it comes to the Palestinians, they know what Hamas is doing. They know exactly what they're doing. The Hamas doesn't try to hide it. They videotape it and brag about it. I mean, what else needs to be done? to prove to people that these people need to be dealt with and dealt with in the harshest manner. And I think you know what I'm saying. I gave some reasonably um, nonviolent ways of driving them into other areas, but uh, there's always another option. And I, th I think it's probably the most valid option. But hey, that's me. I'm one of those evil, reasonable people. I, you know, I, I think logically. Uh, I'm willing to do what needs to be done to survive. And most people have lost the guts for that. The World War II generation is gone. Now we're stuck with the Vietnam generation and, and worse. And uh, things aren't going to get better under those type of people. All right. Well, this has been The Conservative Atheist. I, I appreciate people the listening. It's been a long podcast, so I'm not sure how long. If everybody listened to the very end. Uh, but if you did, thank you. Uh, if you were listening to this and you're not a follower of the podcast, please subscribe. We're on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe. It's free to do so. And uh, if you want to leave a comment or you want to challenge me or you want to respond to the recent poll, uh, please feel free to do so. I, I would appreciate it. I, I appreciate all feedback, even if it's positive or negative. All right, folks. Take care.
one last thing before I let you go. Tonight, when you're laying in the dark, flat on your back, staring up at the ceiling, drifting off into sleep, I want you to repeat this mantra over and over and over and over again. The conservative atheist is always right. 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 And in the morning when you wake up, you'll feel like a refreshed, renewed person. The sun will shine brighter. The air will feel crisper. The flowers will smell sweeter. The birds will sing your name. And all will be right with the world. And if not, Maybe you're some jackass atheist that some far lefty bigot that needs to pull his head out of his ass. All right, you knuckleheads. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening.